News broke over the weekend on a terrorist attack at a hotel in Pakistan. We put it out there, and so we covered it, and you cared enough to talk about it. Also, we mourned two pretty big deaths, a Navajo code talker who fought in World War II and Peggy Lipton, the Golden Globe actress who's known for biggest thing she's known for is the Mod Squad and other great things. And those are all great big stories that you all put a lot of time and effort into, but not quite top 10 material this week. Those were hot, but not on the hottest ones, the top 1 through 10. So what stories are in that range? We'll talk about that in mere moments here on the wrap-up show with Jay Cleveland Payne from ThisIsTheConversation.com. And this is a wrap-up show for the week ending May the 18th, 2019. And welcome to the show. I am Jay Cleveland Payne, already stated that, and stated the name of this show, which is The Wrap-Up Show. And its point is to wrap up the stories that we use throughout the week in the conversation. Week being seven and a half, eight so days, from Friday to Friday, we posted stories every 50 minutes on our social media accounts that are attached to The Conversation Project. And we will let you prove what was most important to the world. Now, the thing behind this project is to get people talking about or find the stories that people are talking about or want to talk about that aren't necessarily the breaking headline news. And we do put plenty of those out there, but we don't get stuck on the same story breaking at 8 in the morning and still talking about it as if it's brand new at 8 at night. We put out different stories from different sources, some of them pretty staunch, some of them kind of, well, we worry about them ourselves, and some of the stories themselves are really serious or really strange. In fact, it's a oddity this week, but not as odd as some weeks are. We have no super stories. We'll explain a bit what those could be, but they're not here this week when we go to housekeeping. But we have a lot of focus on Twitter. A very Twitter-heavy week and a very basketball-heavy week. If there is something that involves some sort of basketball star or game out there, you guys seem to jump on it. It is the playoffs in the NBA, so maybe that's it. And we'll talk about all that in the top 10, specifically in the top 10 coming up in just a few minutes. As we said, we have a second segment. Well, I didn't say we had a second segment. We have a segment called Housekeeping in the second segment of the show. And in there, we'll talk about all the pluses and minuses, the hits and misses. And we don't have a lot to really talk about. So we'll explain some of the new things to you, newer listeners, to the show in the housekeeping. We always use it to bring things up and kind of explain how things work. And we also go over what we call the almost irrelevant story of the week. And this is a story usually later in the countdown, later in the posting. So it didn't get a lot of chance to get a lot of love for a lot of response. This week we had 209 different postings, different specific news stories. And this one for this week is one that was posted last night as we record this on Friday. So sometime on Thursday, one that didn't really get a lot of response. So all the earlier things apparently were more important than this one. But it's one that may mean a bit more to you once you hear what the story is. In segment three, we do our shout-outs. We go to the people who show us extra love on Twitter and Facebook and did extra responding to basically the, uh, the, the post that we had out there. Liking, loving, sharing, hating, all that stuff. And we'll round out the top 15 which means we'll go to stories number 11 through 15, some of which you heard in the tease, so you know what stories didn't quite make it in, and maybe why. And you can kind of gauge for yourself if those stories in the last five were almost important or better than the stories that you were chosen in the top 10. And yes, you choose the stories. You choose all the stories we talk about here. And it's very simple. Our social media accounts for The Conversation Project are This is the Conversation on Facebook. This is the Conversation on Instagram, and TH underscore conversation on Twitter. 
Not enough characters, obviously. And if you want to be a part of the voting, follow us on Facebook and Twitter. And as the stories come through your feed every single day, as we said, every 50 minutes, we put a story out there. Respond to the story. Like it, love it, hate it, share it. Do whatever you need to do to engage with the story. The stories, the most engagement get wrapped up into the algorithm for the Friday morning taping of the show. And we get a full ranking based on weighing and making things even. We have some new things to talk about we'll get to in the housekeeping, some newer things we're trying to put into regular rotation to be more engaging with you, and the soon-to-relaunch Rebirth of the Conversation survey panel. That's coming up as well. But right now, we've yacked enough, so let's get into the actual stories that you wanted to talk about this week. We talked about in succession on social media, the top 10 stories for this week. We always start from 10 to 1, doing it Casey Kasem's down, counting them down, the hits, if you will, and these were the hits for this week that you said were big stories for the news. Now, the story in the 10 spot, this is the headline, Young Thug Party Buses Targeted in Miami Drive-By Shooting, posted on Friday, May the 10th, and this is for, like I said, this was a not so much an oddity of the week for all that was posted, but we do have a lot of basketball in here and basketball-related things, and we'll get to those as we go up the line. But let's get you a few lines from TMZ's version of the story. This is actually one that did pop up Chiron-wise for quite a bit, a few times along the, along the day. So let's give you a few lines from that story, and you can judge for yourself how engaging it was to you. Young Thug's car and two party buses filled with his team were targeted in a hail of bullets early Friday morning in Miami, according to multiple witnesses, and three people were injured. Witnesses tell TMZ Thug was riding in a Ferrari alongside two buses on I-95 around 6 a.m. when someone pulled up next to them and opened fire. Law enforcement sources say two men and a woman who were on the bus were taken to hospitals with non-life-threatening injuries. Now, the update to the story that came a little bit later in the day was that a spokesman for Young Thug tells us he did not get shot at. Somebody took a shot at the car DJ Keys was in. He is fine. It was a minor injury and not serious. Young Thung was long gone and not involved. So this got to be a really big thing because it seemed like beef in the Miami Beach area. Uh, cops investigating the whole shooting. He's got the details from that update there. Uh, so everybody more or less okay from this incident. No word on the injuries to the people who were taken to the hospitals. I'm assuming they were li not life-threatening, minor injuries, so they should be fine. But this is essentially the wrap-up to the story. It was one that was apparently pretty big for you to keep up with. It made it right in the top 10. So a lot of folks out there on the Young Thug bandwagon today, or party bus, if you will, uh, wanting to get info on that story for this week. Moving on to the story in the number 9 spot. This is one that also got some headline attention. Actress Felicity Huffman to plead guilty to U.S. college cheating scam. We posted this on Monday, May the 13th, and the story gets a bump in response, which means it was more responded to than the last story by 4.29%. Yahoo News is the source we use for this story, and of course, this story was updated day by day by day as things went along. But this was the story as posted on that day. No real updates to the story in this link, so we're going to read it as it was on May 13th. Actress Felicity Huffman tearfully pleaded guilty on Monday to paying to rig a college entrance exam for her daughter, part of a wide-ranging scandal in which wealthy parents use fraud to secure their children's spots at prominent U.S. universities. 
The one-time star of the television series Desperate Housewives pleaded guilty in federal court in Boston to a conspiracy charge related to her payment of $15,000 to have someone secretly correct her daughter's answers on the SAT exam. Huffman is among 50 people accused of taking part in a scheme that involved cheating or bribery. Wealthy parents paid a total of $25 million $25 million to bribe coaches to help their children gain spots at universities like Yale, Georgetown, and the University of Southern California, of course, USC. William Rick Singer, a California college admissions consultant, pleaded guilty in March to charges that he facilitated the cheating and helped bribe university spot sports coaches to present clients' children as fake athletic recruits. So, unfortunately, the fact that I can't read that, you get the gist. The prosecutors have charged 33 parents with participating in the scheme with Singer, including Huffman, who was nominated for an Oscar for Best Actress in a role in 2005's film Transamerica, and Lori Loughlin, who starred in TV's series Full House. Now, this gets really interesting because Lori Loughlin is essentially fighting the man in this one, doing what she can to keep her innocence alive, even though she apparently paid about a half a million dollars for two children to get to USC as a part of the rowing team, which the two children had never actually rowed in their lives and still apparently don't row. This is one of those things where it's the rich and the powerful and the privileged get what they want, even if the kids don't particularly care about what they're getting, because a lot of the kids seem to have a sort of a non-response to what's going on. The interesting thing about this is a lot of the parents who may be fighting it also have to deal with whether they will take their kids down with them because the kids, pretty much knowing they did not do the things that they were told that they were did or paid for to do, are technically accessories. At least they're technically accessories until they're actually charged. None of the children in most of these cases have been charged. A few have been. But like in Lori Laughlin's case, the thing that they believe the prosecutors will hold over her and her kids is the fact that her kids are not charged, but she and her husband are being charged. So if they don't cooperate soon, they may charge the kids in a conspiracy as well. Story in the number eight spot was a surprising story to me that it caught on so big, but uh, we talk a lot about professional wrestling in this podcast and inside the conversation, so a lot of professional wrestling type things come into play. This is one that I didn't think was as large as it was going to be, but I put it out there, you guys responded to it, so it is in the countdown in the eight spot. It gets a bump of response from the number nine story of 3.53%. Posted on Saturday, May 11th. The headline is, Professional wrestler Silver King passes away after collapsing during match. The source that we use for this story was a site called The Wrestling Observer, and it observes wrestling stuff. But it was a big story all over the net once we got a chance to see it kind of flare, and you guys helped it out as well. Let's read a few lines from The Wrestling Observer. Cesar Guatemoc Gonzalez Barone, best known as the wrestling world as Silver King, passed away today during the course of a match in London, England at the age of 51. The Cubs fan on Twitter has confirmed that he has passed away at the point it is unclear what the cause of death is. He was wrestling Juventud Guerrero for the Lucha Libre World Promotion, the greatest show of Lucha Libre event in the roundhouse at the roundhouse. King hit Juventud with a flying clothesline during the match and then went for a cover. Juventud kicked out, and it appeared after this King was struggling to move. Juventud kicked Silver King in the collarbone and then went for a cover, but King was unresponsive as Guerrero tried to roll him over. The referee, Black Terry, paused before he hit his hand in the third time, but eventually did make the three count ending the match. 
Gordon and Dell was in the arena, the rest of the show was canceled. Silver King, the son of Dr. Wagner, started wrestling in November of 2000, oh, sorry, 1985. After losing his mask a few years later, he began teaming with El Texano, and together they were known as the Los Cowboys. Or Los Cowboys, because Los is the... During the course of his career, he wrestled for UWA, CMLL, and AAA, among other promotions in Mexico. King may be best known in the United States for his appearance in WW, WCW, joined the promotion in 1997. He mainly worked with other luchadors in six-man tag matches, though he also was part of WCW's cruiserweight division. So the, the story goes a little deeper into Silver King and more links to know about him. And this, as we read this here, there have been no major updates to the story on the cause of death. But he was 51 years old. He was, I won't say wrestling at an advanced age, but he was doing some fairly serious uh maneuvers and very serious activity at the age when we know what happened with this cause we'll come back and update you on this one let's move on to the story that is in the number seven spot this week and the headline is this emmanuel aranda pleads guilty to throwing five-year-old boy from balcony of mall of america the story was posted on tuesday may the 14th it has a bump in response from the number eight story of 1.14%. The source we have is from CBS News' website. We'll read a few lines from that story that we have here. A man who reportedly told investigators he went to the Mall of America looking to kill someone, that's a quote, looking for someone to kill, actually, pleaded guilty Tuesday to throwing five-year-old boy from a third-floor balcony. He now faces 19 years in prison in a June sentencing. Emmanuel, or Emmanuel, Aranda, 24, of Minneapolis, was charged with attempted premeditated first-degree murder in April attack on the child, who survived a nearly 40-foot plunge but suffered broken bones and head trauma. Police arrested Aranda moments after the attack as he waited to board a light rail train at the mall and said he had quickly admitted to it. Aranda told police he was angry at being rejected by women at the mall and was, quote, looking for someone to kill when he went there, a criminal complaint said. He's had two past convictions for assaults at the mall, both in 2015, and had been banned from the property at one point. Court records showed Aranda was ordered to undergo psychological evaluation or treatment after these assaults, and his attorney, Paul Sellers, said he had been in mental health court. There is more details in this story, including details on a GoFundMe page for the family of the child who to pay for his medical bills. Uh, but you can see all this stuff by going to our website, thisisaconversation.com, and click in the link for this week's podcast. The links to all of the stories we'll talk about, all 1 through 10 in the top 10, the rounding out to 15, and the almost irrelevant story, all will be listed in the posting for this week's podcast at the website. So if you're listening to this on your special podcatcher, then check out thisisaconversation.com, click on the link for this week's podcast. You can see all the links for today's episode. Let's move on to the next story. This story happens to be story number six, because we're counting them down from 10 to 1. The headline for this one, a big match one, a really big match, Anderson Silva loses via TKO after apparent knee injury versus Jared Kariner at UFC 237. Posted this on Sunday, May the 2nd, of course, right after it happened, more or less after it happened, a bump in response of 20.79%. So you guys are really into your UFC on this weekend. The story, at least the source of the story we have this week, comes from USA Today. Here are some lines from the story as featured in that publication. This was not the return to Brazil that Anderson Silva wanted. 
Silva, the former longtime UFC middleweight champion, was hesitant during the first round of his UFC 237 fight with Jared Cannonier on Saturday night. The round mostly belonged to the Killer Gorilla until the fight ended in an unfortunate fashion. In the closing seconds, Cannonier, 12-4 in MMA, 5-4 in UFC, threw an inside left kick, leg kick that buckled Silva's knee. It was immediately evident that Silva, 34-10 in MMA and 17-6 and in UFC, was in pain as he fell to the canvas, causing referee Herb Dean to step in at the 4 minute and 47 second mark, declaring Cannoneer the winner by TKO. The middleweight bout was UFC's 237 co-main event from Juanese Arena in Rio de Janeiro and streamed on ESPN Plus pay-per-view. Afterwards, Silva admitted to struggling with his right knee during training camp. He was noticeably in pain as he apologized to the crowd. Not exactly the show you want to see. You never want to see these things called off. You don't want to see anybody hurt pretty much ever. But this was one where he had issues with his knee. He did his best to fight through it. And the fight just was not going to Silva. So congratulations. Don't take anything away from Cannoneer because he won the match. TKO is not his fault. He was there. He was prepared. He was ready. He was trained. But not exactly the showing that Anderson Silva wanted to show in this big bout for the UFC. This one is a bit controversial, and I was a little hesitant because I thought it'd be a little flip to put it up there, but it went there, and she went there, and y'all went there. Y'all were really into this story this week. It is in the number five spot. It is the top-rated Facebook story, and it's only at the five spot, so that tells you just how powerful Twitter was this week. The headline is this. Megan Good says judgmental questions have pushed her away from church. Yahoo News is the source for this one on Wednesday, May the 15th, the day it was posted, and a bump in response of 15.35% from the story in the sixth spot. Let's read a few lines from Megan Good, who, of course, is promoting a movie, which is more or less why we're paying attention to her, but let's get into it. Megan Good a steadfast, is steadfast in her Christian beliefs, but says she doesn't attend church as much as she'd like to due to overcritical churchgoers. While talking about a sex scene in her new film, The Intruder, the 37-year-old actress told D.L. Hughley on his eponymous radio show, I always mess that word up, that her husband, Devon Franklin, a Seventh-day Adventist preacher as well as a film exec and author, doesn't interfere with her love scenes. He encourages her to make them authentic on screen, and she gave it her all with Michael Early in the drama. He wasn't looking to change me in marriage, Good said of marrying her husband, he knew who I was before marriage. That admission led to good opening up about religion and church culture. She's very religious. She said Jesus tops her list of heroes, and she and Franklin were celibate before marrying, but has some issues with other members of the church who are quick to attack and judge. Asked if she attends church with Franklin often, good replied, not all the time, though because I'm being completely honest, my experience with some church folks has not been that positive. She continued, it's unfortunate because we're supposed to be the biggest lovers, she said, of Christians. Even if you disagree with someone or you don't think they're, they're doing you know, what they're doing is right, you're supposed to mind your own business and pray for that person. Other times, you're supposed to correct in love, it's that's what that God has told you to do. And there was no correction in love. It was like a complete assault. She goes deeper into her faith and her dealing with church people. So if you are really into this one, which a lot of you already were, if you didn't know about this one coming in the top 10, you really don't know what's going to happen until it's over. 
click on the link inside the the link for this week's website. That was all kind of wrangled up. Click on the link for this story inside the page for this week's podcast. Go to thisisaconversation.com and click on the link for this week's podcast. All the links are there. That was a very... That was a mess. We're going to move on from that one. But that's a really big story and a really big showing of her heart. And I think if you read it and really get to understand it, you will see where she's coming from. You don't have to agree with it, but you can see where she is coming from. Let's keep moving because we have more stories to butcher today. The number four headline is this, and it is also on sex, but this time it's with fast electric cars. Elon Musk responds after porn star posts video of sex encounter while riding in Tesla on autopilot. Sunday, May the 12th, the day we posted that one, that gets a bump response of 30.24%. Yes, that much more. Fox News, oddly enough, is where we sourced this one, but it was everywhere. Let us get to the story. A Los Angeles adult film performer and her boyfriend found a perhaps predictable ways to use their time while riding in a Tesla on autopilot mode last week, and the online post drew the attention of Tesla CEO Elon Musk. The couple was on a road trip when they talked about having sex while using the car's semi-autonomous feature, Taylor Jackson told Business Insider. After the tryst, Jackson posted a video of her and her boyfriend performing various sex acts inside the moving electric vehicle and uploaded it to adult website Pornhub. Because that's what you do. Holy blank, I made Tesla the number one search on Pornhub, Jackson wrote on Twitter. She also tagged Musk on the post, because that's what you do. The website tweeted back saying, reporting you to Elon for not having two hands on the wheel and the autopilot enabled, uh, whatever. Musk made light of the incident in series of tweets Thursday. Turns out there's more ways to use autopilot mode than I imagined, he posted. Minutes later, he addressed the video again. Should have seen it coming. Jackson said she bumped the steering wheel during the escapade and knocked it out of autopilot. Quote, it was mainly a straight road, but it had a lot of traffic, she told the news website. We had a lot of cars driving by us. There's a few more lines in there if you want to really get deeper into that, pun intended. But yes, there are ways to abuse plenty of things. And while no one's thought about that, well, maybe no one's filmed it and no one's put it online before no one's yeah we better move along from that one as well and that means moving to the story in the three spot today this is the headline from the story as it was posted jeremy cowell's show suspended after guest death posted on monday may 13th this gives a bump response of 8.05 percent from the story in the four spot and this was from the bbc at least it was sourced from the bbc we'll get you a few lines from this one and the story was obviously updated as things got really really crazy with what happened in this incident it will remind you of something we'll go back to in a second um but as it was posted on the 13th of may ITV has suspended the Jeremy Kyle show after a guest died shortly after filming and is conducting a review of the episode, quote, given the seriousness of the event. The broadcaster took, took Monday's show off the air and replaced it with a repeat of Dickinson's real deal. The participant from an episode died a week after recording it. ITV said everyone at the show is, quote, shocked and saddened, unquote, and, quote, thoughts are with the family and friends. Also closing that quote. It will not screen the episode and said both filming and broadcasting were suspended with immediate effect. 
All previous episodes of the show have also been taken down from the channel's catch-up service, ITV Hub. Episodes will also not air on ITV2. Spokesperson for Media Watchdog, Ofcom, said, quote, This is clearly a very distressing case. Although we can only assess content that has been broadcast, we are discussing the programs with ITV as a priority to understand what took place. Now, you need to look this up online or go to our website and click this link for more details of the story. It gets really, really deep and really, really depressing. The show itself uh, was dealing with some DNA tests and lie detector tests, and one of the contestants failed some of the tests, and then she committed suicide afterwards. So because of the incident, which they try in their best not to get deeper into detail, but as the days went by, the week went by, more details came out. That's essentially what happened, and right now the show is on more or less extended hiatus until they figure out what to do about the show. This will bring up, for people here in the States, or just as is a worldwide thing way back when, the incident that happened on the Jenny Jones show way back in the 90s, where there was an incident where a guy literally came out to another guy on the show. He was rebuffed, and then it turned into a murder thing, which was well beyond the somewhat silliness of the show there, obviously. And so that was something that turned into something very, very dark, very, very deadly in this case. So if you remember that that incident, you can see the parallels in something like this and see what could happen to the show. The show probably will not survive this ordeal period. We'll have to wait a little while to see exactly what happened. Right now, as far as I can tell, not over in Britain. So as far as I can tell, ITV is not airing the show and will probably never air it again. Going to all the links of taking it all, taking all the shows down seems extreme. But in some of these cases, you have to go to the extreme. This story is the number two this week. This is the headline. Shooting outside Trump Hotel, possibly involving rapper NBA Youngboy. Uh, we got this from Bro Bible. We got a lot of stuff from Bro Bible. Sunday, May the 12th on this one, so this one lasted quite a bit as well. 33.52% jump in response from the number three story. A few lines from the Bro Bible piece, although, as we've been saying a lot and say a lot, all these things, these are stories that aren't just exclusive to some of the fringier sites that are out there. If it's realish news it's all over the place we just happen to pull one source and it seems more or less legit sometimes it's one of the quickest ones we can get to and we're doing our best to make sure we're having less sites that that basically limit your access so we post something that you can't access because you meet your limit bro bible doesn't do that so we had a great chance to get this from here a few lines from the story as they wrote it there was a shooting outside a trump hotel on sunday afternoon and one witness believes that rapper nba young boy was involved According to the Sunny Isles Beach Police, three people were injured from a shooting outside the Trump International Beach Resort in Sunny Isles Beach, Florida. Video shows a scary scene seconds after the shooting where police quickly apprehended a suspect near the Trump Hotel at 18,001 Collins Avenue from around 2.30 p.m. There are rumors that the shooting escalated from a road rage incident, but that has yet to be confirmed. The shooting is said to have gone down at the Alamo Rent-A-Car along Collins Avenue and may have involved NBA Youngboy, a.k.a. a young boy, never go broke. There you go. A uh, video of the uh, aftermath was shared on Twitter with the caption, Pretty sure somebody just tried to do a drive-by on GG Youngboy. 
That's his Twitter handle there. So you can go deeper in this one if you want to. This one didn't seem like it was all that big of a deal. I think because Trump was there, it turned into a big deal because his name's out there and out there people are talking about his properties and some of them not doing so hot or whatever you want to call them right now. So that may be why it became such a bigger deal than one would expect. But as we say, we're posting things every 50 minutes. So a lot of stuff we're is supposed to be filler, supposed to be friends, supposed to be kind of out there. This is one you guys jumped onto. It is the number two story this week with a lot of response on Twitter. Since Twitter was a big, big contributor this week, uh, this has gotten a lot of response. And how big of a contributor? Well, Twitter made this story the number one story all by itself by leaps and bounds. It is a 24.68% more responsive than the number two story by itself. Going back to the number 10 story this week, which was a story on Young Thug and the party buses being shot at, 256%. And the almost relevant story this week, which clocks in at number 209, we'll tell you what it is in the next segment, 28,950% more responsive. Headline was posted on Wednesday, May the 15th, uh, more or less hours after the big event happened. And this is one, well, we well, we have a lot of basketball-related stuff. We seem to be a, because basketball is an international sport, basketball seems to be something a lot of people care about. NBA basketball is what we post mostly. And this one made a difference, but we'll see if the difference is made overall. The headline, New Orleans Pelicans land top pick in 2019 NBA draft lottery will likely select Duke's Zion Williamson. I, I doctored that a little bit to make it more full, but that's what we posted on Wednesday, May the 15th. We have the source as CBSSports.com, because everyone had big coverage on this, and we'll read a few lines from their posting. No updates to this one since it happened, uh, but there are some updates to the kind of bigger story. If if I'll get to that in a minute. 2019 NBA Draft Lottery brought all sorts of drama and intrigue as the New York New Orleans Pelicans, sorry about that, won the right to the number one overall pick. They had just a 6% chance of landing the top pick coming into the draft, but the odds were in their favor on Tuesday night. Rounding out the top five is the Memphis Grizzlies, New York Knicks, Los Angeles Lakers, and Cleveland Cavaliers. Knicks fans didn't get the number one pick they were hoping for, but the number three is a solid landing spot. As for the Lakers, they made a big leap. They were in the number 11 spot heading into the lottery and had just a 9.4% chance of jumping to the top four. But that's where they landed in the number four spot. The big loser here is the Suns, who had the second worst record in the regular season and a 14% chance of number one pick, but fell all the way down to number six. They did have a number one pick last year, though, so perhaps they used up all their lottery luck. With Duke sensation Zion Williamson expect to be the number one overall pick, there was plenty at stake this year. Every team would have thrill, been thrilled to win the right to take the big man, who was one of the best prospects to come along in years. The draft lottery, which annually is held since 1985, determines the order in which teams who did not make the playoffs will select the year's NBA draft. Technically, the first four picks were the only ones decided by the lottery system. After the first four picks, the remaining teams were ordered in the inverse of the regular season records. So if you want to see how the whole thing plays out, you can go check out the link here or just look online. There is, is some intrigue into this whole thing. Number one, there was some new figuring on how they did the draft lottery. They changed the way the odds work out. So 
as we said right here, you know, the lottery is, is made so that the teams that did the worst have a better chance of picking the number one player so they can get better faster. They change the number so that that worst team doesn't have a overwhelming chance of getting that pick. That's how Cleveland got so many picks so many years. And, of course, the Sixers got so many picks so many years. So it encourages teams not to tank to get the worst record, to get the worst pick, but it also encourages teams to, you know, be able to keep an eye on what was out there. Now, the real controversy comes up with Zion Williamson himself because as they showed him at the draft lottery, because sometimes the big draft picks are there to be shown off these things. And, of course, the combine for the NBA began the next day. He looked a little bored, a little displeased, a little not so excited by the fact that the New Orleans Pelicans have number one pick and they expect him to go number one. And also, the Pelicans have some issues of their own. Their number one pick from years ago, Anthony Davis, has been pushing for a way out of town because the Pelicans also own, the the owner of the Pelicans also owns the New Orleans Saints, and the Pelicans believe the Saints are basically the big brother and the little brother that doesn't get any attention are the Pelicans. So they, there's a lot of issues with how that, how that operation is run overall. So maybe this will be what they need to keep both Anthony Davis in town and Zion Williamson happy and build a franchise that will blossom in New Orleans for basketball, or maybe they'll blow it a pick. Who knows how that goes. We do know that we are done, at least for the top 10 part. We've gone through the top 10 stories of the week, so you're welcome. Thank you very much, or I should say thank you, because you can say you're welcome, because you made this happen. Because of you, we had these stories to list from 10 to 1. And as we said, you just go to your social media. You're already doing it. You're already on Twitter. You're already on Facebook. Just follow us and respond to the stories as they come through your feed. Facebook, this is the conversation. Make sure we're set to be in your feed by default so you don't miss us. And on Twitter, you look for TH underscore conversation. And of course, the more you respond to these stories, the more stories the algorithms believe you want to see, which we hope you do, so you can see more items and respond to them more and be more into solving the problem I have and getting my show prep done for me. If you want us to talk about what people are really talking about, what people really think are conversationals, this is it. This is the place. And we thank you for helping us do this for the conversation project. Now, coming up in just a moment, we'll get to the housekeeping, very light housekeeping. So we'll explain some of the way things work out. So if people who have joined into the podcast in the recent weeks, so you can understand why we do some of the things and how they should come out. And we'll go into story number 209, which we call the almost relevant story of the week here on the wrap up show with Jay Cleveland Payne for the week ending May the 18th, 2019. Cloud9 Living is the place to get all the experiences you're looking to see. If you want to have an extreme vacation or a nice chill vacation, they can take care of you with plenty of different experiences and plenty of different places to have them. There is a location somewhere near you for a Cloud9 Living experience and somewhere with all the amenities that you want or all the amenities that you don't want because sometimes you just want it basic and simple. Sometimes you want it extreme and they can take care of you. How they really take care of you is with their gift card systems and with their scheduling as well. You can schedule an appointment, a experience, a thing with Cloud9 Living, and once you schedule it, once you put down your money, it never expires. The value never goes away. It will always be what it is, and if you want to shift your experience from one to another, 
the value never expires. So you just shift the balance from what you have in one place to another. The same goes for your gift certificates. You don't have to even register for something. You don't have to even sign up and schedule something in there. Buy a gift certificate and it will keep its value forever. You can shift it to whatever you want to. You can give it to someone else. You can give that to someone else. You can re-gift it back and forth. You can hold on to it for a long time and finally figure out where you want to go and use it right then with no loss in value whatsoever. Check out our website. This is theconversation.com slash cloud9living. This is theconversation.com slash cloud9living. That's numeral nine in there and they will take good care of you and plus you get a special discount on gift certificates bought through the link at our website. So help us out by helping out one of the best sponsors we've had for this pro the entire project. We love these guys. They always take care of us. They personally take care of me for my excursion vacations, or as I say, my wife's excursion vacations so that I can do something nice and boring. Cloud9 Living has the experience that you're looking for. Trust me. If you can think it up, they've got some place and somewhere and something that can take care of you. Check them out. Go to thisisaconversation.com slash cloud9 for your experience and not lose a dime if you take your time picking your experience from Cloud9 Living. Let's talk about housekeeping very quickly because we don't have a lot of housekeeping to go to. No errors, no weird things in the algorithm. Everything was pretty straight. The interesting thing was so many basketball-related things in the top 10 and basketball-related things that will come up. We'll talk about as we round up top 15. It just seemed to be a basketball week. Maybe it was because the finals of or the conference finals of the NBA playoffs are beginning this week. Uh, maybe it's just you know something in the wind. Maybe it's summer and people aren't quite ready to get that deep into baseball quite yet because once you're in the baseball you're pretty much stuck for months but we had a lot of basketball related things happening this week that popped up into our countdown and popped up into just the regular conversations throughout the day now i told you i explained the super story concept we had one last week with Meghan markle and prince harry and the child and that was, that was an actually weird one because we didn't do full super story but one of the things that we do here for the conversation is when we go through the numbers after everything's calculated we check out about the top 25 uh, worth of items and we see if there's anything in that 25 worth of items that are related that are doubled up because we may have a story that gets updated the next day or two days down the line or something changes and we do something like that we we update stories make sure that the stories that are essentially the same story in the same vein all get together and sometimes that makes a story a larger story a much larger story we call that a super story because it's super size for the placing we do that so we don't have multiple stories of the same ilk in the top 10 in the countdown so we put as many of them together so that we have as many distinct stories as possible and this week we had none of those so we're pretty cool happy about that cool on that end other than that we just need you to keep on keeping on what you're doing if you don't understand how the process works or want to get deeper into the process just simply email us at the conversation inbox at gmail.com and ask a question there or visit the website this is conversation.com and visit us there and input from there as well you can also respond to us in the social media that works out pretty well as well a lot of as wells in that one. Oh, by the way before we go to the almost relevant story we're going to do a quick little plug for what's coming up and that is the conversation survey panel and that is a panel literally survey panel that pays you for your information pays you for your opinion we have people that we have a connection with people networks that we can offer them info 
based on your input. So very soon, not quite relaunched yet, but you can go to the website and click on this is the conversation.com slash survey panel or look for the link for the survey panel and apply. It's pretty simple. It's just a form. We're looking for some demographic information and pretty much 95% of people that get in, get in. Now, let me caveat that. This is for American viewers, American listeners, American people only because we only pay American dollars via PayPal. But if you have a PayPal account and you live in the U.S., 50 states or a territory that we can actually send you money to, then you're good. We want you in. We want you in because you need your opinions for other people, and they want you in so they can get the best people. We, like we say, we we say the best conversationalists are on this project, in this journey together. So people with diverse and actually sometimes more sane views than some of the people out there being surveyed. So check it out, and maybe we can help you get paid. That's what we're looking for. So that's coming up soon, relaunching that. Look for that in the next upcoming weeks. Now, let's get quickly into the almost irrelevant story this week, which is number 209. So we had 209 distinct different postings this week of news stories. And this is the headline that came up. It was posted on Thursday, May 16th. So posted um, yesterday as we record this, record this on Friday mornings. Uh, so it didn't get a lot of time, although that means everything posted early this morning for the cutoff date was more relevant. How this one didn't get any any love or much love, I'm not sure, but we're going to just, we just roll with what we have. You guys tell us what to talk about, and we talk about it. The headline is, Disney Studios laying off undisclosed number of employees. The Hollywood Reporter is the source for this story, as we said, posted on Thursday, May the 16th. There is no response. You know the response from based between that and the number one, 28,950% more responsive. That's pretty much all you need to know about how people jumped on this one. A few lines from the story, though, so you know what is actually is going on. Disney was laying off studio employees on Wednesday as the company seeks to conserve money after its $71.3 billion partial merger with 21st Century Fox. Disney had no comment on the move, though a person familiar with the situation confirmed that jobs will be lost on both the Disney and the Fox Studios. Disney CEO Bob Iger recently said that while 20th Century Fox will continue making movies under that storied brand, the output would be cut to roughly six per year. Iger is also dealing with redundancy by the Fox merger and about $57 billion in debt. Plus, the company will be likely shelling out another $9 billion to purchase Comcast's stake in Hulu. Disney said Tuesday it had taken op operational control of Hulu and it already owns two-thirds of the streamer. And Comcast can require Disney to purchase this share as early as January 2024 at the price that would be value the entire entity at $27.5 billion. Disney is also spending billions to create its Netflix competitor, dubbed Disney Plus, and now due on November 12th. And analysts expect the products to lose $2.9 billion this year and another $4.3 billion in 2020. And it goes deeper and deeper into stuff. So if you're a numbers guy, a business guy, this is something that was really wonky, but really something in your wheelhouse. The Basically, the numbers of the deal and the fallback or the, the, the blowback, if you will, from one of these major mergers. When two big groups buy each other out or join or however you want to call it, there is redundancy. And there's plenty of it and a lot of really fat numbers that really need to be settled because you're spending extra money on things that don't need to be had, like two CEOs and two best boys or, or as it goes along. And of course, Disney was already on the move to do new things. Buying out Fox was a, uh, seemed like a coup, but it was also um, obviously a big, big, big deal cash-wise. So 
you can check out more by going to our website. As we say, go to thisisaconversation.com. Click on the link for this week's podcast. All the links for the show, all the links we talk about in the show are in there. So you can go deeper into the stories. Search them out yourself and see how they go. Coming up in just a moment, we'll go to the shout-outs, and we will round out the top 15, the stories that weren't quite big enough to be top 10 material, and you can determine whether they should have or whether they're good where they are. That's coming up in a moment on The Wrap-Up Show with Jay Cleveland Payne for the week ending May the 18th, 2019. One of the biggest uh, oddities that I've found in this shakeup I've had in my my career is the fact that I'm able to get more stuff done, in a sense, and even though it's a different way. I've had to find new ways to get things done in the way of recording, the way of getting things published, and just making contacts with people. And what's really been impressive is the people who have reached out to me through my yourbetteryou.info website and the two podcasts that are there. I have been doing, as long as I've been doing podcasting, I've been doing professional coaching, life coaching because of my business background. And so I've used that as a way to bring people in for that. So right now I'm, I'm doing a pitch, two pitches, three pitches for two podcasts. And if you want to get a little extra help in getting your, your workflow in order, your projects, your personal development, or something for professional work, we can take care of that as well. The website is yourbetteryou.info, and it's very simple. At that website, you can see articles I write on personal and professional development, plus two podcasts, and two fairly quick podcasts. One is called The 10-Minute Life Lesson, which, although it's been rebranded, is over 200, essentially over 200 episodes of life lessons or personal development coaching in 10 minutes. It starts off with the coaching, it ends with the coaching. After that, you can do what you need to do, and you can take along with you. We have a shorter, more condensed version called Steps to Your Better You, which is only 90 seconds, even more compact to take along with you to get yourself better. Just checking out those podcasts would be a boon to me as well but if you check out the website you can also find out ways that i can help you figure out what it is you need figured out i can help you with accountability coaching or full style coaching or maybe set up a new group coaching cohort to so we can together work on our issues that's how it works out so check out the website yourbetteryou.info that link will get you to two podcasts the 10 minute life lesson podcast and steps to your better you for your quick enjoyment and your quick learning and you need deeper learning, not sure much enjoyment is, check out the website and look for information on how we can connect so that we can help each other out. I get a ball. I mean, I, I get I get joy from helping people find clarity in what they need to take care of. And, of course, if you need clarity, we'll find it together. Check it out at yourbetteryou.info. Coming to a close for the shows, but first we have to get to the shout-out. Showing extra love to people who showed us a little bit of extra love in the last seven, eight or days or so with your responses to us on social media and helping us come up with this countdown. Let's start off with the Twitter people. Let's start off with Shyla the Super Gecko, also number six, whose Twitter name is Marching Marching Fighting, Fighting Monarch, Monarch Fighting, I can't read today. Uh, Suspack Bot, who also enjoyed some tweets. Brian G, also love from Alice, who is the anti-acidic, 
anti-acidic there we go i can't read today and black wealth renaissance thank you so much for jumping on this one as well let's go on to facebook people who gave extra effort into their engagement on the facebook side of things at this is a conversation on facebook usual suspect ruth ann miller i don't think i could do this without you you're definitely in there keeping this thing going also jeanette a davidson danielson adele carnes rebecca davis cat throp also some love this week coming to barnett black and a little bit going out to Karen Michelle. Thank you so much for joining us in the journey we have here. And it is a journey. An eight and seven and a half, eight-ish day journey every week on the stories that are the biggest out there. Now, the stories that weren't quite the biggest out there, this is what we call rounding out the top 15. Stories 11 through 15, no bump in response, no real... Uh, no real placing of how they are except for 11 through 15 and you can determine on your own you can talk to me in email or through the website or social media whether you think they should have got just a bit more love and this story in the 11 spot barely barely is there because of a few more ticks from a couple more engagements on either facebook and twitter it would have outlasted the young thug story that was in the 10th spot the headline for this story is three terrorist storm pearl continental hotel in pakistan Gwadar, pakistan's Gwadar gunfight underway this was live breaking news as i was watching on saturday and we posted it as we saw that pretty early into it it literally popped up on as a chiron during whatever was they were talking about on the saturday show and it got enough response to stick around to 11. Uh, it was pretty high all week, but stick around to 11 when all was said and done. I'm going to read a few lines from the story so that you can get some details of what happened when it happened. Oh, the source of the story is India Today. So online at indiatoday.in, which I guess is for India. Now, a few lines from the actual story. Three terrorists who had stormed a five-star hotel in Pakistan's port city, Wadar, have been killed after hours-long gunfight. The armed men had breached the security of the heavily guarded Pearl Continental Hotel around 4.50 p.m. local time, of course. According to Balachi Christian government spokesman Zahura Badeli, most of the guests staying at the hotel, frequently by Chinese nationals, were evacuated before the gunfight began. Army and Navy soldiers were engaged in a gunfight with the terrorists for several hours before the extremists were killed. The operation concluded around 8.15 p.m. local time. According to sources, the terrorists belonged to the banned outfit Balak Liberation Army, a report in Pakistan news site Dawn citing Pak military's media wing ISPR, said that a security guard who tried to stop terrorists from entering the hotel was shot dead. No other reports of any casualties by the incident. That is the essentially the full story. There's a, there's a few more lines that go deeper into it. Uh, but this one that proves that we are international. We do do stories that we throw things out there to see who jumps on. And this is one that was a breaking news thing that people really did jump onto. And it lasted almost a week. It lasted all the way to today, essentially, uh, where it was pushed out just barely by the story with Young Thug and the party buses being shot at. Here's another heartwarming story from a guy who is just a, I don't want to say he's a clown. He's a funny guy, but this guy, just a, he's a large man with an extremely large heart and more than willing to open up his wallet to help people out who are in need. The headline for the story at 12 is Shaquille O'Neal surprises team with size 18 shoes. Sounds simple enough. CNN is the source for the story. We're going to read you a few lines from this one. This is the actual headline that... um as it was posted on the website, a team with big feet couldn't afford size 18 sneakers. 
So Shaq bought him 10 pairs. Now, let's go deeper into the story. When Shaquille O'Neal was 18 and trying to get to the prom, his father asked around to find a pair of 18 penny loafers. Bruce Tauber, the owner of Freedman Shoes in Atlanta, gave the future Hall of Famer a free pair of shoes. O'Neal grew to size 22, but has been buying from him since. In an act of kindness, he never forgot, and this week, O'Neal helped the Atlanta team with a similar situation. Zach Keith is 13, plays basketball, and wears a size 18. With the specific size, it's tough for his mother, Brittany, to afford shoes for a growing son. So when CNN affiliate WGCL reached out to O'Neal to ask for help, he didn't hesitate. O'Neal and WGCL Sharon Reed surprised Keith and his family at Freeman's with O'Neal buying him 10 pairs. Like, whoa, Keith said to the station, he wants to buy me shoes? Out of all people? This will help a lot, Brittany Keith said. I won't so much have to worry about buying him dress shoes. He hasn't had a pair of dress shoes in about four or five years because it's been hard trying to find ones that actually fit. And for me, it was just, it was very touching, very heartfelt, and to know that someone out there uh, has his back. O'Neill told the station that their situation reminded him of how it was for him and his parents. Bruce did it for me, and I just want to return the favor, O'Neill said. And there's the story right there. That's a great heartwarming story. And it just showing that a person who um, doesn't forget where their roots are, doesn't forget where they come from. And now that they've outgrown those roots and outgrown those early shoes, still out there caring for people in need. Let's move on to the next story. Not quite good enough for top 10 and also basketball related. Like we said, there's a lot of basketball related sh- stories, a lot of shooting related stories, a lot of just violence going on this week, apparently. The headline for this week in the 13th spot is this one. Mavs Porzingis involved in bloody altercation. That sounds simple enough. ESPN.com gave us that story. That headline was posted on Sunday, May the 12th. Oh, Shaquille O'Neal's story also posted on Saturday, May the 11th, by the way. So Porzingis' story from ESPN. Here are a few lines from that one. Dallas Maverick power forward Christos Porzingis was involved in a bloody altercation over the weekend at a club in his hometown of Lepia, Latvia. It is our understanding that Christos was jumped and assaulted outside of a club in Latvia. We will provide an update when one is available, the team said in a statement. The source told ESPN that the Mavericks' understanding was that several Russians attacked Porzingis, who fought back before the club security broke up the scuffle. Video of the aftermath of the incident went viral, showing Porzingis with a bloody gash on his head and a torn shirt. The source said that Porzingis was hit with an object believed to be a chair, but he did not suffer any significant injuries. There's more details on TMZ. You can click on the link that we have from the website for this week, for this week's podcast, to get more details from this one here. Uh, It doesn't mean that Porzingis is going to show up at WrestleMania next year. This is just an randomish incident from a kind of famous guy in back in his hometown, which is a smaller place than, you know, Dallas is or New York was and getting into some sort of scuffle. We don't know the true details of this one. We probably will never know the way these things happen, but yes, these things do happen to people like that. Just because you're rich and famous doesn't mean you don't have to have a couple guys watching your back at all times because things like this do happen at all times. The final two stories are stories of mourning. One is mourning a hero. One is mourning a legend. 
Starting off with the hero in the number 14 spot, Navajo Code Talker, who fought in World War II, dies at 97. Posted on Monday, May the 13th. This story we pulled from CNN as well. We'll read a few lines from this one. Fleming Begay Sr., a member of the top-secret Navajo Code Talkers program that developed an unbreakable code language during World War II, has died, according to the Navajo Nation President Jonathan Nees. Begay was 97. Begay served as a Navajo Code Talker in the Marine Corps in 1943, from 1943 to 1945, and fought in the Battle of Tara and the Battle of Torini, the great Navajo Nation noted in a statement. He spent one year in a naval hospital for service injuries. Begay was born in 1921 in Red Valley, Arizona, and resided in Chine, Arizona when he died Friday, the great Navajo Nation said. His cause of death was not released. Quote, we offer our heartfelt appreciation to the family of sharing his life with us, Ness said via Twitter on Friday. May the creator bless you and your family with strength and comfort. As a code talker, Begay was one of the group of Navajos who learned a secret unbreakable language that was used to send information on tactics, troop movements, and orders over the radio and telephone during World War II. The code was indecipherable to the Japanese and a key factor to America's military victories in Iwo Jima, Saipan, and several other major battles. The Iwo Jima Code Talkers in at Iwo Jima, Code Talkers passed more than 800 error-free messages in 48 hours, according to the Congressional Law honoring the program. If not for the Navajos, the Marines would never have taken Iwo Jima. This is from Major Howard Connor, the signal officer of the, Na- the signal officer of the Navajos. More details are in the story about the life of the great man and about Navajo Code Talkers. That's one of the coolest things in history that I've always been attached to is the Navajo Code Talkers. I'm horrible at languages, which was kind of odd on that one. But the fact that they had this unbreakable code, which is essentially a tongue of a Navajo language that they used to chop up into something that was unrecognizable to most people, especially Japanese, they were able to have such a great, great impact on World War II. And unfortunately... They're not such a great, great impact coming back, which is something some soldiers and generals saw, but some people who are members of minority groups, blacks, for example, and some of the uh, the Native Americans and the Navajo cold talkers themselves had issues reassimilating back into the world or actually going back to the world where they meant a little less than they did when they were at war. So we mourn the loss of one of the great heroes uh, who helped us win that big war. We also mourn the loss of a Hollywood legend, and that being Peggy Lipton. The headline was, or still is, 72-year-old Peggy Lipton, a Golden Globe award-winning actress and star of the television show The Mod Squad, has died. We posted this on on Sunday, May the 12th. Essentially, as it happened, we it came out early, and as as days went by or time went on, there were more details on this. She was someone who was sick for a while, so it's one of those things where they already have a package essentially ready to go and just waiting for a date and someone to wrap it up. That's what we have here. So we learned a lot about Peggy Lipton in this story. So I'm just going to gloss it very quickly. Peggy Lipton, of course, one of the stars of the Mod Squad, um, which is a story about TV show uh, back in the day in 73 about undercover police officers who go into situations as young people, young people. And that show ran for, from 68 to 73. That's how long the show ran itself. She also played Norma Jenkins in the television series Twin Pinks. And she's known, although I don't know if that's, um, it's, it's kind of, it's infamy or fame, or whatever. 
She was married to Quincy Jones, a music producer, for about 16 years, produced two children from that marriage, uh, one more famous than the other being Rashida Jones. The daughters released a statement on the life of their mother uh, fairly soon after the death. She had been dealing with some health issues, as the one who's 72 may have to deal with, and they let the people know what happened and, of course, the love and thoughts going out to the person who was actually a pioneering actress being on the Mod Squad way back when and just all the things she'd done for the Hollywood community going forward. So Peggy Lipton, the Golden Globe Award winning actress, dying this week at the age of 72. That is the number 15 story for this week. And that means we've reached the end of all the stories we talk about here in the wrap-up show for this week. And we can't get to any stories to wrap up unless you help us get stories to get in line. So very simply, all I need to do is a few very simple things. A lot of simplies in that one. Number one, follow us on Facebook and Twitter. You can follow us on Instagram as well, but on Facebook and Twitter, as you follow along and see us in your feed all day, you can react to the stories and help get the numbers into the countdown. Facebook, this is a conversation. Instagram, this is a conversation. Twitter, TH underscore conversation. And visit our main website, thisisaconversation.com, where you can check out many other features, including coming soon, coming back real soon, the conversation survey panel. And you can check out all of our sponsors who are there to help us keep this program alive. And this week, we put a special emphasis on Cloud9 Living. That's at thisisaconversation.com slash cloud nine also want to remind you to check out the podcast and the website itself for your better you.info with two podcasts in one location steps your better you and the 10 minute life lesson both working on personal development and both produced by me the biggest thing you can do is help share the conversation with people out there share the actual website share the actual social media stuff and sharing the podcast so you need to share it with some friends some some, some enemies and random strangers so that we get the best conversationalists into the conversation as i speak right now just 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 put down your phone go outside in the world grab some other person and their phone and don't grab them too hard but grab their phone open it up Add in whatever app that you like because it's about you and sharing. And then subscribe to this podcast on their phone. Hand it back to them. Tell them you're welcome. And then head down the street because you have plenty of other people to get this down, to do this for. And they will scream appetites of love all the way till till dawn or something like that. They Trust me, they love it when you do that. And of course, that means you should be subscribed as well. Whatever catcher you like to get your pods on, we got you covered. If we don't, then let us know so we can get there. Uh, but we have a full list of all the podcasts, all the podcatchers that we're on and that we know of, including a few that we've found by surprise. And if you know one we're on that we're not listed at, tell us so we can get the link so people can get there as well. We really just need you to be you, be conversational, be in the news, pay attention, and let us know what stories make it to the top. Because you guys tell us what stories, beyond what's on the Chiron, beyond breaking news that lasts for days, what real stories are really worth talking about. So thank you so much for joining us for this conversational journey. And thank you so much for supporting the Conversation Project. We will see you next week with another great listing of stories, counting down from 10 to 1 to tell you which ones you thought were the most conversational stories of the week from the wrap-up show from thisisconversation.com. 